Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. My name is Albert Okran. Springboard is brought to you by Legacy and Legacy and your Superstation Joy 99.7 FM. We proudly supported by the Graphic Business and, of course, Central University. Thank you for joining us on Joy 99.7 FM and on Facebook, streaming digitally on Joy 99.7 FM, Albert Any Okran and Comfort Okran A. From this year or starting last week, we have activated our new programming format for springboard for the year 2019 and for your notes or just for reminder purposes let me see that every week one of of the month we will do our african excellence series with a notable achiever in any field of endeavor last we had sangudele sharing some thoughts with us the week two will focus on a thematic conversation and that is for today the week three will be a debate or what we call pros and cons and the week four will be the motivational hour in months that we have five weeks there will be a doubling of the thematic conversation and so as promised at the end of last week's show we posted some of the most important highlights of the show with the hashtag springboard highlights we posted on themes like digital strategy networking business equity and personal financial management tips interestingly the post that attracted the biggest debate was the proposal that we deliberately raise or promote Ghanaian success stories or Ghanaian champions so i'm going to ask my guest tonight his thoughts about the policy a policy to deliberately encourage achievers in a particular field is it a good idea there was there were two schools of thought and it was just such a huge debate on whatsapp as well as on facebook and you want to find those those thoughts on our various facebook pages but tonight you open up our theme for the year 2019 every year we choose a theme for the various interventions that we are involved in the springboard roadshow the springboard virtual university and the festival of ideas and even our teen premiership conference last year it was leveraging strategy and technology for this year our theme is the digital revolution the digital revolution and our sub theme for this year which we are discussing today how do we find opportunities in an uncertain and rapidly changing digital world how do we find opportunities in a fast changing digital world our very first guest for this thematic discussion is the godfather himself of ict in ghana or internet in ghana the man respected as an african pioneer and the father of the internet in ghana he's been at the forefront of this movement for decades and he's the founder of ghana.com also a professor in ict at the university of cape coast professor nina Queno, welcome to springboard your virtual university thank you very much we celebrate you on this show and thank you for your contribution to the development of technology in this nation thank you i appreciate that right so let's talk let's talk about the digital revolution over the past few years Digitization has totally transformed the way we live and the way business is done in various industries. 
I mean, finance is no more the same. Communication, manufacturing, commerce, entertainment, music, media, sports, religion, education. Nothing is the same again because of significant transformation driven by new technologies. My first question to you, will these digital disruptions continue in 2019 and beyond? Oh, for sure. Um, you know, the digital uh, sciences or their solutions are gradually becoming mature. And uh, many of them are actually waiting in the pipeline. And so you continue to see them pop up to be tried, to be socially and economically tested. So, yes, in, in, in 2019, I do expect uh, several of them to show up on the radar in good way. I, I like the last point, in a good way, because yes. for many people, the, there is a bit of trepidation. People feel that these technologies are taking over their lives, they are taking over their privacy, they are taking over their jobs. So even though the primary purpose is to make life easier, there is also fear, um, fear of being sidelined. And the other fear that people have is also driven by their lack of readiness. They feel that they don't have the skills, and so the more technology gets deployed in the workplace, the more they feel that they don't have the job security anymore. Are these real concerns, or they are just imagined? Okay. Some of them are imagined, but some of them are real concerns. The imagined ones may be because they haven't had a chance, they imagine it's much more complicated to acquire whatever uh, upgrading their skills uh, is required. And on the other side of it, some of our technologies do indeed displace a significant portion of, of uh, you might say, skills in the workforce, especially those activities which are relatively routine. And so those ones can be learned by machines, or machines can be taught to do those routine things. And to some extent, it will affect labor. Right. So let me ask you a question. If somebody approached you, if somebody approached you concerned, worried, and said, Prof, I, I, I feel I could lose my job, your first point you just made is that technology easily replaces aspects of work that are routine. Yes. So what advice would you give somebody who wants to retain their job in the face of the displacement caused by technology? Oh, actually, technology is helping you. It's saving you time to do your real job. Uh, but if your real job was really just doing the routine things, then you would be replaced. So it's uh, an opportunity for you to focus on the real job. So if you want to acquire more skills in the real job that you are supposed to do, and maybe a method of learning to train the machines to do the routine things for you so you can go higher. So, for instance, you're saying that, I mean, go beyond just the 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 mundane things that you do to analyzing, to, to making decisions yes. based on, okay, right. Or determining what kind of data you need in order to make those decisions. Right. And then driving a process to acquire that data so that you can produce a decision for your supervisor. I'm going to come to the, the role that our education plays in all this. I, I had the opportunity to teach in, a, um, in one of our universities. I was very keen about a program to um, raise entrepreneurs or introduce an entrepreneurial culture. I'm of the firm conviction prof that entrepreneurship, personal financial management, and talent development should be taught at, in the nursery. Those are my personal beliefs. Some think nursery is too early, but I think that they can be developed into games. So those are my own thoughts. And so based on those convictions, I actually offered myself for free to teach 
entrepreneurship in the in a university. And after more than ten weeks, about twelve weeks or so of teaching, I found out that the students were a bit more interested in what form my exam questions will take <laughs> than, than the lessons that I had spent so much time and money imparting into them. Does our educational system sometimes fail us in the tense in the in terms of the the focus? Um, the overriding focus on exam results rather than on learning and application? Well, you you are generally on the right path in that we need to um, focus more on uh, education than in processing students, which includes the examinations and so on. But at the same time, students also um, like to get away, so to speak, with whatever they can. So they will continue to ask you even if they know, they will ask you. So we have to balance the two. But what I get from your point is that certain kinds of disciplines are becoming more and more important right. as we adopt, let's say, digitization. And one of them clearly is the entrepreneurship because um, now you've been empowered to be able to do much more than you could do by yourself previously. Which Faster, cheaper, easier. Everything. Right. So, which means that you... You really must know something about how to move in an entrepreneurial world. Okay? Right. Otherwise, your own creations may never become realized. Okay, so so that one, there's no question about that. On the other hand, uh, or additionally, uh, because the field is specialized in a way, it's a technical field. So, uh, it te technology can be a barrier, and so we need to prioritize and invest in acquiring what it takes to make the technology not a barrier. Right. And, and, and enabler instead of a barrier. Yes. Fantastic. Yes, need to work on that. And that brings me to the theme, the relevance or otherwise of the team. Because when we put out a team, sometimes people think it's just nice well, nice words strung together. But we intend to debate and, and discuss sure. this all year through. Our, our expectation and our hope is that by the end of this year, the routine or the, the regular listener to Springboard Investor University will be confident in technology as something that is empowering them to be better musicians, to be better pastors, to be better bankers, to be better CEOs, to be better um, national service personnel at any level that they are playing the ball to feel confident that technology is helping them to be better. But let me come to you. You are not part of the Springboard team. You are our guest. Let me find out from you how relevant, having explained the digital revolution finding opportunities in a, in a rapidly changing and sometimes uncertain world. How critical, relevant or otherwise is the team at a time like this? No, the team has been relevant for a very long time. So for me, I'm glad that you, uh, you are focusing on that. You know, this digitization started like in the 60s, 70s. Really? And it's been going on, yes. I mean, internet got here in 94, 93, 94. So you can imagine, PCs got here around 88. Before that, we were dealing with mainframes, then mini computers came. And every time we went through a social struggle trying to place that solution in the right realm. There were always competition regarding the old versus the new. So these kind of issues are there, but it's very relevant. In fact, there is someone who played a very unusual role that many may not know. You know, um, late His Excellency Kofi Annan at the UN, in fact, mainstreamed uh, technology into development programs. And that began to encourage a certain change in 
uh, you know, how we develop. And that's extremely important because it led to, uh, you know, UN having an ICT task force, African Union having an ICT task force, meaning ricochet, okay? At the same time, there was World Summit for Information Society, one and two. And then finally, he kind of encouraged all the different stakeholders from academia, from technical, from business, governments, and so on, to together work in an internet governance forum. Now, that to me is addressing the issue to some extent at a direct policy level, where it needs to be addressed. I Meaning it's gone higher. One of the biggest game changers uh, in the Ghanaian landscape currently is the adoption of mobile telephony. Of course, when you began to describe the mainframes and the huge computers of the early days, my mind went back to the first mobile phone that I saw in this country. It had a, a strap you put on your shoulder and you carry it like a handbag. Sometimes people carried people's phones after them because they were quite heavy. Um, now, the adoption rate is... And, and at that time, I, I didn't dream that I would own one because it was such an elitist um, technology at the time. But by 2018, July, the number total number of mobile voice subscriptions exceeded 40 million, more than even the population of our country. And data subscriptions stood at 22 million. Even the the mobile money that has come on not too long ago has hit 20, um, 29 million mobile money accounts. Obviously, that means that we, are, we have embraced technology. So even though it may seem like we are late um, adapters, it's obvious that there's an appetite. How, what opportunities do you personally see especially with the mobile telephony? Because it just means that um, not too expensive devices can be put in the hands of very, very ordinary people. What opportunities do you see with that development? Okay. With every opportunity comes some challenges as well. Okay. So we need to accept it in that front. Now, remember I was trying to point out that we are in a digital divide of sorts, and much of what we are doing is trying to catch up, and it is still true. And even within Ghana itself, as you described the mobile, you, if you look closely, there are many places which are uncovered, okay, which means that there is even a digital divide within the country, assuming the connectivity of interest is the mobile. Okay. But the mobile will not solve all the problems. See, mobile is very good for personal communication, but it's not necessarily very good for office-like communication or somebody in an office who is doing complicated analysis. Okay, such a person will need more than the mobile. And we need because the community, I mean, you might get to your 10 or whatever you want, but it will never, we do not, we are not convinced that that will solve all the data communication needs. There will always be the office type of communication, which is somewhat different from the individualized communication, meaning group communication, meaning aggregate bandwidth for a large number of people to use for various things. It's slightly different from when me alone I'm talking to somebody or me alone I'm communicating with somebody. Which means if you bias everything in that direction, you will also be handicapped in the development side of things. Right. You see, because to develop anything even for the mobile, you need a PC. Right. 
it, it, it can't be a substitute for the PC or for any Correct. other technology that you uh. mentioned. I'm talking about access and I'm talking about I'm talking about deployment. For instance, people have developed apps, they've developed um, solutions for banking. I mean, if I sat in, if I decided to go, let's say, to to London in August and I wanted to go and watch Lion King at the South End, I can sit here, book my hotel, book my ticket, book everything, pay for them, get my seat number for an August 31st seat. And I, I'll be comfortable here knowing that on that day, I'll walk straight to that seat and the seat will be there waiting for me. That is the power of mobile telephony. Oh. It, it's a far more comfortable world than, than, than 10 or 20 years ago. Say. Oh, oh, certainly. But you can also imagine there was a time we had to go and queue at PNT to make calls. Absolutely. Sir. So it's a continuum. And I'm warning you that what is going to happen if we just focus on the mobile side, which is great. It's bringing more people into the net, but you have to also advance it. Because what happens is that the mobile is like, a, it's like frozen. For you to extend it, you need additional capabilities. So where should, can't, we, where should, where should we look? Directly on the unit. Where should we look next year? Oh, you, there are many options. For example, what you describe is for individual purpose, individual benefit. But as a company, if you want to analyze some seismic data, are you going to do it the same way you describe? It's too much for the links that you have. I can't do it from my phone. Okay? If I'm pulling any form of large data that you seem to be interested in, I will not be able to do that on my mobile. It will be just slow. Right. Okay? Uh, it would be inappropriate match for the uh, for the solution that we are looking for. Right. Which means that all of them come with their own uh, side issues. And if you understand that, I will use the mobile for mobile things. Now use my desktop or my office com- you know, communications for those heavy duty things. Then we are fine. Let me let me let me come to the heavy duty stuff that. Uh, obviously of great interest to you. So let me talk about big data, artificial intelligence, blockchain, and robotics. Um, so I take, for instance, the fact that Amazon is pioneering a, a, a shop that has no attendance. I take the fact that very in, in certain jurisdictions, data that has been gathered for a while is being used to predict um, likely behavior. And even for me, I sit here and then I get communication from particular shops because I've bought there before a couple of times and they can tell what kinds of products I would like and are able to therefore promote them to me. How is are these advanced technologies influencing business and creating new opportunities? Okay. The, these bring some social and economic issues that need to be discussed, frankly. I'm not sure I want my privacy to be, to be so available that just because I shopped in the place, the next time I show up there, you start selling me things. I'm not sure I want I, You don't even have to show up. They <laughs> send you email. <laughs> uh, but, but I'm saying, I'm right. making the point that I'm not sure that... Um, because then it leads you to the approach where, like you might say, some countries like China are going towards the social credit, okay, which means now depending on whether I buy alcohol or other things, I'll be branded as one who can get loan or cannot get loan. Now, I think if you start going that direction, it's a little bit much. But that's where the world is going, say. Well, but I'm saying the world should not have that right to my data. I, have, I like my privacy, and so I want to make remain balanced that society has to debate and figure the balance that makes sense for each community regarding uh, what level of privacy. In some cases, privacy belongs to the individual. That's what we would like. In some cases, 
privacy data actually belongs to government. So in some cases, they want it to be with the private sector. And I'm asking, which one do we want? I'm not sure we have debated it sufficiently to say we are choosing one or the other. And this is where the anti-technology plus is. You, you are taking this thing to an, another level, and now you are crossing boundaries, and you are and there are ethical boundaries you are crossing. And so the anti-people say, listen, you, are, you guys are going too far with this. But recently, we had a, we had a discussion about health care. We had what they called my one big idea. We had two shows on how uh, big things that technology can do. One was about education, and I recall very much that the education idea was about using um, tablets as a potential replacement for textbooks and the cost-benefit analysis. Quite an interesting debate. And then the second discussion was about gathering health data such that we can do a better prediction of of disease outbreaks, epidemics, and so on, and then also healthcare management. And in the course of the discussion, guess what? The issue about a person's private data came up, and it was such a huge debate about who should own it and who should have the right to give you access to the data. From Obviously, these ethical debates or dilemmas will continue as long as you deploy technology. Well, but you have to decide who best protects it as a society. Yourself, the institutions, that's private sector, or governments. And that one, I cannot answer it for you. Now, health data is one that I'm very convinced needs to be protected both by the individual, the institution, and also the state, because it's about the health of a person. If, if one can know that how well we are or how sick we are, the pe- anyone can engineer a catastrophe for us very easily. So that sort of data is one that needs to be, you know, well guarded. And the responsibility for me will, will appear on all the levels that are there. Regarding the laptop book, you know, this education thing is very tricky because you cannot easily replace um, the human contact in the learning process. This was about, this was not about replacement of contact. This was a point that... It's about the book. The cost of 10 yes. textbooks. Yes. And we used, we sampled an invoice from a junior secondary institution. Yes. And the cost of 10 textbooks was 350 Ghana cities. Now, the argument that the person was making was that that same amount of money could potentially buy a tablet with 16 gig and that could hold 10,000 textbooks. And he says that student with the tablet has the benefit of being able to cross-reference and also upgrade to get the latest edition of the books because sometimes just after the textbook, after the textbook is printed, there are, there, new data comes there up. There are that assumptions makes, in there. Let's You're assuming that there's connectivity. So there's there was the offline dis- discussion as well as the online discussion. But yeah. even for that, they were saying that still, I mean, it can be downloaded oh, oh, onto, on, onto the tablet. Oh, but libraries are still there. And libraries are now doing 3D printing. Right. Okay, which means that the thing is not as simple as a book versus a tablet. It's about how well you balance the physical and the virtual to make it seamless. If you have to make the decision, would you, go for, would you be for or against? Me? Yes. I'll be for both. How can you have both? If I had 350 and I could either buy a book no, or no, no, 10 no, books no, or a tablet? No, 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 no. I will not do it that way. Why? No, 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 no. I would tend to prefer to have a balanced approach. Remember the example you give about the book? Yes. Okay? Uh, it's like every time I keep on spending. So let, 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 me, let, me, let me repeat my question. Sure. So there's a school. Yes. Or let's say there's a debate about going forward, which, which method to approach. Yes. Now, 
we, we put on board a, 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 um, students from a, um, a school in London who were saying that at their level, 90% of their material is digital, yes. available digitally. Yes. And that allows them to in, uh, 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 engage in competitions with students from other countries, etc., etc. So you're talking about the, the, the pros of it. Of course, there are cons of everything. Well, but So I'm asking you a question. If somebody brought a proposal, let's say, for a situation where 10 books or 10 textbooks were being bought for 350 and somebody's saying I'm proposing a digital revolution where you will give these students tablets instead of textbooks and these tablets have been preloaded with a thousand uh, 10,000 textbooks offline available and I'm asking you which option would you go for the 10 books or the tablets with the with the, well, the 10,000 I want to textbooks. choose none of the above why for the simple reason that it's too prescriptive Right. And I want things to be organic. Tell me about organic. Yes. What I have in mind is that for some people at this time, you may find out that reading the book is much better. Why? Oh, because he's able to make marks on it, he's able to draw on the side, he's able to clip the edge. But there but are certain practical things. Prof, that you can do all that on the, on the, on the, on the exactly the same. You know that is more difficult, you know. <laughs> Prof, if I went to church, can't I use an iPad instead of a Oh, you can use an iPad. Sure. That's why I said I, wa I want to do none of the above. I mean, I don't want you to box the thing prescriptively into one or the other. 28 minutes past the hour of 7 o'clock. My guest for tonight, if you are enjoying our show, is Professor Nina Kukweno. He's the godfather himself of, of ICT in Ghana, the internet in Ghana. And we're having a debate about adoption. How far can we go and where should we stop the ethical dilemma and everything in between? If you just join us, let me give you a summary of what we've been discussing so far. And after that, I'll play you a song. And when we come back, we'll talk about if you had to make one recommendation to government, what would it be? So, if, so far, what has, what has he been saying? That mundane jobs will be rapidly replaced by technology. And so the disruptive part of technology easily replaces jobs that are mundane. So for the individual seeking to uh, uh, maintain your job, educate yourself beyond what is routine. Let the machine do the routine and focus on what he calls your real job. He says digitization started in the 60s, so the theme of the digital revolution is almost <laughs> long overdue. So there's no question about it being relevant. Or it's, it's actually long overdue. He stresses the fact that we have all through the years gone through a struggle of old versus new, and sometimes we are debating about technologies that have been adopted elsewhere long ago, and we are now coming on board, and still we are arguing about old versus new. He talked about the role of Kofi Annan globally in mainstreaming technology into development programs at the UN. And then very importantly, he also made his comments on the issues of privacy and who should have control over data. He thinks that privacy issues are very real and they mustn't be overlooked. Uh, just before we, we got to this point, we were having a debate about books versus tablets and how, <laughs> uh, whether we should go for one or the other. And he says we should go for neither or the above. And so we will talk about, when we come back, we will talk about um, his thoughts on governance and what advice he would give the president if he had 30 minutes of unfettered access to the head of state. Let me play the song Thus Far by Grace by Reverend Edwin Dutton. I love this song so much. I love the rhythm, the beats, and I love the digital expression in the song. Everything is digital these days. So let me dedicate this song to Charlie, one of my godfathers on this show. This is dedicated to Dr. John Sakaado. Charlie, when you have over 80-year-old people listening to your show, you have to respect them, Matthew. 
and your wife Evelyn, this is your this is your wed today is your wedding anniversary. So let me give you the whole song, This Fire by Grace. You are strong because God has kept you and the future is even brighter than the past. This is yours, Dr. John Sakado, GS Ado, and your wife Evelyn. This is the the whole song is for you on your virtual university. The song is This Fire by Grace by Reverend Edin Dustin. When I come back, let me ask Professor Nina Hukreno, if you had the attention of the president for half an hour, which one prescription will you give him? Please don't go away. All right, so let me dedicate the song to all Manchester United supporters. Manchester United. This song is yours for free. Six wins back to back. Let me give you the song for free. Mind you, all the way. Springboard your virtual university with Albert Okron. It's going to help you put your financial house in order and create financial freedom for yourself and your families.
ready to grow faster, go further? Well, now you can with faster targeted solutions from EcoBank Commercial Banking. Our easy-to-use digital platforms and super responsive service can help you deliver smarter collection, payments, and trade solutions for your business right away. To get a powerful Pan-African platform working for you starting today, contact a dedicated relationship manager with local corporate expertise at cmbghana at ecobank.com or use our easy self-service solutions at ecobank.com. Ecobank, the Pan-African Bank. And Springboard is a virtual university. We want to say a big thank you to you all for staying with us on the show. And the, the discussion tonight is about the digital revolution. And that's our, that's our theme for the year 2019. And just in case you are one of those who says, as for me, this technology thing, I'm not good at it. This is not even about designing technologies, just about leveraging it to solve your everyday problems and to take on new opportunities. So whatever you do throughout this year, we'll make it so simple to understand and use technology that you will no longer, will demystify it, you will no longer be afraid of technology. And so it's not even about just the design. We will talk about the creation Bit, but we will spend a lot of a lot of time about the using, the leveraging, the ap- application of it in our day-to-day lives. So we'll talk about every industry available: entertainment, sports, healthcare, education, finance, everything, governance. We talk so much about the various things that you are involved in, and somewhere along the line, we'll locate whatever field you are in. If you have an area of interest and you feel that technology is overrunning that area, we'll open the phone lines. Are you afraid of something? Are you concerned about technology taking your job? How are you doing so far? Are you uh, adapting to it or and transforming with it, or are you being disrupted in your work? We'll open the phone line so you, you share your honest opinion. Do you feel threatened by technology? When we open the phone lines, tell us the truth about how you feel. Do you feel that your industry is one of those that is using it or nothing is happening in those spaces? But before we went on the break, we're talking about um, leveraging um Tablets, for instance, as an alternative to books. And I give the example that we had on the show when we hosted Kofi Daze and um, Kofi Usinshra in our One Big Idea debate. And Kofi Daze's big point was about education. And he actually said that if he had the year of the president, he will, he will toss out the idea of considering tablets um, instead of spending lots of money printing um, textbooks. And he gave a sound argument to support that. Of course, there are also those who are on the other side of the divide. Our internal technology consultant, Joe, you can. Joe will share his thoughts um, about the the subject and also about the digital divide. Joe, what are your thoughts on the the issue of tablets? And you mentioned the digital divide. Express your thoughts on the, on that one. Um, so. Starting with the issue of tablets, uh, it's a great opportunity for people who may not necessarily have had the opportunity to have their own devices at home to be exposed to that kind of technology and to be exposed to the opportunities that are available with the Internet. Um, And Prof raised a very good point that without the connectivity at home, without the connectivity in a more widespread manner, the children are not going to be able to leverage the devices to their fullest. Their idea is to be able to connect to the live resources available on the Internet. And going to the digital divide... But, but just to add to that, you, you recall that in making the point, just so that we give him the credit for that, he said, backed by easy, available Internet, 
that, that was a point that he made. I mean, in proposing that theory. So just to throw that in. Absolutely. Right. You're talking about a digital divide. Right. So, um, like Prof said, it, it, it is that access at home that really enables the kid to explore with the device, to move it from something that he just views or he or she views as something that they use in school to something that becomes a part of their daily life that they can fully leverage and that they can take advantage of. Um, and so we're talking about the fact that the, in terms of connectivity for data, um, Accra is so much more um, well set up than some of the other parts of the country and just making sure that as we advance with technology, we are not creating a situation where the concentration of um, young you know, teenagers and children with the ability to use the internet and online resources is not overly concentrated in Accra, leaving um, the regions outside of Accra behind on development. Th those who argue for this will say that this is the perfect opportunity for the opposite because as long as individuals are the ones doing the buying, those in the capitals would always outstrip those in the rural area. I mean, you saw the picture of the teacher teaching ICT uh, on, 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 a, on a blackboard with a, with a chalk or drawing it, etc. But if, if the government procurement process was facilitating, many more rural children may end up with opportunity. But let me come back to you, Prof. Yes. The question I was asking you, if you had a chance to the years of the president for half an hour, and I'm sure you do, but let's, let's, let's say this for the benefit of our listeners. If you had to speak to the president for half an hour about technology as an enabler for national development, what would be your one big recommendation to him? One would say that recognizing computing, computer science, computer engineering as a profession distinct from any other profession would be an important step meaning that we can all drive, but we're not all mechanics. We all practice hygiene, but we're not doctors. We all know about the law, what not to do, but we're not lawyers. And the same is true of this profession, which means that investment in computer science education is the way to go. Will it be your considered opinion that because we are coming in into the, into the mix at in a certain sense, a primary stage, people who are not even trained hold themselves out as experts. Okay, I didn't want to go there, but um, it's more of saying that we become weaponized. And if we don't have the ability to manage the weapon, you can destroy. In other words, I can Google and learn about how to make nuclear, you know, uh, or, you know, anything. But I don't know how to do it. If I try to do it, I may just hurt myself and hurt everybody nearby. Is that sort of warning? Right. So on, uh, on the wings of that warning by Professor Nina Kukwena, let me open the phone lines. Let me find out from you. Are you one of those who feels threatened by technology or you feel empowered by technology? Is technology doing big things in your area? I had a pastor from Tech Radio call last week and say, Charlie, in all the discussion, let's not leave our church. We must help him understand how he can do church better with the power of technology. So for him, he's just saying, show me some solutions I can use to do my everyday work. Let me find out from you. Are you leveraging technology in the in your area of work do you feel that you are doing things faster cheaper easier because of technology or oh, you're yeah, one of those who says child let's be honest this thing is a big scare it's really frightening me it's taking over my job and i, I can't tell whether at the end of the year i'll still hold my job the number to call zero three zero two two one six five four one do you feel empowered by technology or threatened by technology 
0302216541 is the number to call. And Prof, while we um, wait for our callers, last week, one of the highlights that posed the biggest, it created the biggest buzz, was our point that we should deliberately create more Ghanaian success stories. And there was such a huge debate about it. One school of thought says, listen, just create an environment and leave people. If they succeed, fine. If they don't succeed, fine. Others say there are several examples of countries where people who were doing well were encouraged and they went on to create employment and create an opportunity. Which side do you belong to, sir? Well, there's another side, hey. and that those who are successful get beaten up. <laughs> but um, I think normally I will support um, uh, every culture uh, making effort to recognize those who are doing well, genuinely doing well, and then to appreciate them so that others may learn from them. I think that is fine. So you will be of the school of thought that talks about deliberate promotion and deliberate encouragement. Well, but it has to be the right one. So, right. you know, you need to have a good process for the culture itself, identifying people who are making effort and, All right. and recognizing somebody said, somebody said, yes, encouragement, but of ethical, people who are doing ethically good, not just... <laughs> All right. So, Bernard from Kaswa, hello, good evening. Hello, good evening, Reverend. So, Bernard, tell me your, your thoughts about technology. Do you feel empowered or do you feel threatened by technology? Okay, Reverend, thank you so much for this opportunity. And my is both sides. I feel empowered and I feel threatened as well. Tell me how, how that works. Yeah, um, now we young graduates, you know, we just find anything to do just not to be in the house. Now with this scratch card business, how to load airtime, um, now we feel threatened because now everybody can load airtime from their mobile money wallet. So regardless of where you are, regardless of the time, you can get airtime even straight from your bank account or using your mobile app, your bank mobile app. Now people no longer get strat, uh, get the strat cards because sometimes it gets tears up and all those things. So they prefer using their mobile money wallet to buy their airtime. Details. So Bernard, you found you found a business opportunity, but now newer technologies are taking over that one too. So find an even newer one and let's see how it goes. Well, well keep listening to your virtual investor. You may get a brilliant idea from this one. Thank you, Bernard. All right, let's talk to Jacob again from Kaswa. This evening, Kaswa is trending on the virtual investor. Hello, Jacob. Good evening. Hello. Good evening, my brother. So Jacob, tell me, you, listening to this show about the digital revolution, are you empowered or you are threatened? Um, I'm highly empowered. I saw it afar, far, far, far long time. So I quickly position myself to leverage technology in whatever I'm doing. Currently, I'm doing Ghana knowledge use, producing Ghana knowledge use. And I'm using technology. I have done a lot of research, mining, even mining data from U.S. They have done the research about 200 years ago. And I'm using technology, mine their data, the research data on learning. And I'm populating it using social media, call it, letting the people do I mean, the public health education drive on the health benefits of knowledge use, Ghana knowledge use. And I'm getting a lot of links from all over the world, asking a lot of questions, even requesting for some of Ghana knowledge use. So I'm using technology to promote Ghana using a plant, not only planted in Ghana here, grown, harvested, used here, and proving to them that Ghana's one is better than that of the U.S. So I'm using technology, but I'm sitting in my small corner. I don't have a huge brother or whatever. Small corner, but I'm proving a point to them that 
I can beat them with money. For Ghana, I can use money to beat you for it. Charlie, Bernard, uh, uh, Jacob, your vim is your vim is palpable. I tell you, and, and 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 obviously you are having a good time promoting your products and and mining data. You are the kind of people that Prof spoke about earlier. That if your if technology is taking over the routine jobs, let others let technology do the routine, and then take the results and then use them to create solutions. Thank you very much, um, Jacob, and keep listening to your virtual investor. Let's see. Um, what will be next in your quest to mine data and create solutions? So the number to call zero three zero two two one six five four one. If you are using technology to do big things, call into the show and let's talk about it. If you also are being challenged by some young people who have come into your office and they are taking over your job, and Charlie, sometimes you feel like boxing them on the nose, call into the show and let's talk about it. Maybe Prof will have some advice for you about how to save your job in the face of the influx of the techie young guys who are giving you problems in the office. So the number to call zero three zero two two one six five four one. But Prof, do you hear these kinds of um, discussions or debates very often about people who feel challenged? If something doesn't happen soon, I'm not guaranteed my job in the next year. Oh, I don't think it's going to be like that. You'll see the signs coming and you'll be able to respond. Um, just a comment. You know, technology can be a competitive advantage in your work. So being familiar and being able to determine when to use it and when not to actually is an advantage that most people may not realize. So the fellow who has discovered how to make use of technology to compete He's in a very, very right. He's sounded very confident and very excited. Because he's seen the response. Right. <laughs> but I, I like the energy that, that he came to the Correct. show with. Yeah. Yes. Because he's right. seen the response. And many of these things, it's like um, uh, it gives you about feedback. You know, it's as you do more, you begin to see it's having some impact, and then you can, it will encourage you to do more. Right. The fellow who is discussing the scratch card, let's presume that he was probably in the business of. Uh, no, selling, selling crash, scratch, scratch, um, cards. scratch cards. And he Very described a situation where he Very came out of university, there were no jobs. Correct. So this became kind of a solace for him. And now he's Correct. realizing that the same technology that created a job for him to sell scratch yeah. card has released apps that can help you buy the, the scratch cards from your oh. mobile money wallet and then from your wait, wait, bank's but mobile But there are people app. who don't have mobile phones. But he's seeing that the market is dwindling and he's, he's seeing the results. So he, to him, it's a threat. Well, maybe he should be in a certain different business where he has machines that sell for him. Because there are still people who go and buy airtime. It's not like everybody buys airtime from his bank. Shouldn't he be leveraging the over 2 million people on the Ecobank mobile app and asking himself, how do oh. I also sell something to them to no, buy no, no, the no, app no, and make no, money but, from but them? But that's the business plan. Right. That's his business. His business plan that I've heard so far is on selling airtime. Right. Okay, so I'm saying even there, he can have a robot do it for him. Right. Then so he can have a device that does it for him. Charlie, so I bring in my friend who designs <laughs> robots onto this show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, which means that uh, he may still have a life in there depending on what he does. I mean, if he reduces his costs of he himself having to do it, but now a machine his shop does it for him, right. it may even make it possible. But but it depends on his business plan. If his business plan is to stay here, this is an answer. But if his business plan is to migrate to some new waves, because these things come in waves. So if the mobile wave is there and he wants to, you know, create an app or get somebody to build something for him, that also makes sense. Right. Prof, let me end with this discussion about um, what digitization and then technology ultimately does. So one of our big highlights we've been running with since we began this whole debate is about 
promoting efficiency and productivity with the power of technology. So my opening quote, my opening quote says, the technology you use impresses no one. Having the latest computer with the highest specs or having the most advanced version of your phone with all the power that comes with it doesn't impress anyone. It is the solutions, the experience you create that is everything. That quote was by Sean Garretti. So bringing that to bear in our discussion, how do we use technology to reduce cost, to deliver results faster, cheaper, and more conveniently to people in various industries? That is the focus of our uh, uh, debate the whole year but from your perspective how do we do that okay uh, as usual there are many sides to the thing um, it's not just cost and efficiency sometimes you want to build trust so right. you'll be looking for blockchain like technology sometimes uh, there are things which are dangerous for you to do so you look for robots to help you do it um, in some cases um, uh, the labor cost for a human being is too much and so you want to replace a human being with some other device that does it. In some cases, you're going to use computers now to control the vehicles because the other way controlling, you know, uh, petroleum uh, gas engines is more, uh, uh, you know, more difficult. So you move to electrical devices and so on. So a lot depends on uh, what exactly you want to solve. Okay, if it is, but it requires discipline. All these things require discipline. In that, once machines are involved. You can't take things for granted because they will still move. Right. And so you need to be synchronized and be disciplined the way you deal with them. So a lot depends on what you want to do. Right. So let, let me wrap up by asking Jojo to come and share with me your one big learning. I mean, you, you, you the team, in-house team, is putting together the, what we call the springboard highlights. And um, what we want to do is to, as a virtual mm-hmm. university prof, we want to always mm-hmm. summarize the learnings from our resource persons and from our discussion and um, try and make them available to our listeners. So every week we summarize the thoughts this year. That's one one commitment we made for this year, to summarize the learnings from every one of our resource persons and make them available to listeners, like in the form of notes and um, infographics. And we find that that extends the discussion beyond this one hour throughout the week. And so for me, in summary form, you've been talking about uh, mundane jobs easily being replaced by technology. We've talked about the fact that um, we've always had a struggle between the old and the new, and it's not new. You've talked about the role of Kofi Annan in mainstreaming technology. You've talked about privacy issues. But one thing that you said that caught my attention just in closing was the fact that it's not just about reducing cost, in, in, increasing efficiency, delivering results uh, cheaper and more conveniently. There could also be trust issues where you will therefore deploy blockchain. And you talked about risk. If the job is risky, robots become better uh, at being deployed than, than than human beings. So it's not just even just about cost and no. also about efficiency. Let me come to you, Juju. What, what, what's your one big takeaway from this discussion we brought tonight? Um, I think for me the big one is just seeking the balance in the different applications of technology, making that making sure that, you know, when we're looking at what technologies to deploy and even if we should te- um, deploy technology, we have to look at, you know, both sides, making sure that we don't overcorrect um, in making these decisions. All right, so 
Thank you very much. Uh, those are your thoughts, um, Jojo Okran. Let me give you an, a hint about what to expect next week. Next week, it will be one of our big debates. And you know our debates are always big. And it's a subject that I know will evoke all kinds of emotions. So this is the motion, Prof. The influx of technology is negatively affecting the quality of written and spoken language among students. That will be our debate next week. <laughs> and we have very strong, very strong people arguing for and then also those arguing against. So we'll have one person in the studio for, one person in the studio against. But for you out there, our listeners, we'll put the motion out there on social media. Share your thoughts freely with us as we build out to our first debate for the year next week on this show, Pros and Cons. The, 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 the subject is simple. The influx, the influx of technology is negatively affecting the quality of written and spoken English among students. Some are saying technology is making them do better. Others are saying, no, 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 it's terrible. Prof, should I tempt you? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I think technology also helps you preserve some languages. Right. So you are, so you are, you are against the motion then? No, I'm, I'm usually saying that let, let the society de- decide, but gradually. Right. Not impose. Okay. So So tomorrow, next week, you will hear the pros and the cons. Wherever you are in the world, please tune into your virtual university and hear the arguments for or against. But the discussion tonight on a work with Jesus is about beyond resolutions and prophetic predictions. How are you living your life? The host is Reverend Ransford Abusi, and the guest is my brother, Amos. Kelvin, Kevin Annan, he will be talking or speaking to the motion. <laughs> How are you living your life? So this has been Springboard, your virtual university brought to you by Legacy and Legacy and Joy 99.7 FM. We've been talking to Professor Ni Nakukweno about uh, the digital revolution, which is our theme for the year. And he shared some very interesting insights about various angles to it. And um, next, you can continue with our pros and cons about the influx of technology and its impact on learning or better still on written and spoken language. My name is Albert Okran, and on behalf of the team Springboard comprising Comfort, Matthew, Priscilla, Amos, Emmanuel, and Jojo, I want to say thank you for spending time with us tonight. Definitely throughout this week. Look out for the springboard highlights and make your comments. Where to find them? Albert Annie Okran on Facebook. You can also find them at Comfort FA, Comfort Okran A. And then on, on Joy 99.7 FM, just find these thoughts there and then make your contribution to them. Let me sign off once again on the song that I shared earlier with you on the show. This Far by Grace by Edwin Datsun. That song just reminds me of the story of my life. I've come this far by the grace of God, and I trust that he will continue to guide me on this journey. If that is your story as well, you can dance to this song as we wrap up on Springboard, your your virtual university. In the meantime, God bless you, God bless you, and God bless you. Good night. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone. An inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert N. E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233 You may also subscribe to 
www.arbetokran.com, amazon.com or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember, you are blessed indeed. No more searching, the light has come.